Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Hi everyone, this is Carolyn, the Communications Coordinator at the Seton Shrine, um, and the voice that you always hear on these podcasts. I wanted to take a second to invite you to come out and join us for Mother Seton's birthday this August. On August 28th, at the 11 a.m. Mass, we will be having a special little Mass in recognition of Mother Seton's birthday. And we'll have a lot of games outside, um, activities for families and kids, and it'll just be a lot of fun. So we hope you can make it. Again, it is Mother Seton's birthday, which we are celebrating on August 28th, 2022. You can learn more at setonshrine.org. Today, we welcome a special guest, Father Caesar. So the theme of this that I'm using is the narrow way. So if someone will approach you and ask you about the Christian essence, its law, and its purpose, what would be your answer? Because we have to be able to answer that question, which is important nowadays, right? In an atheistic world, we need to answer not only by word, but only also by deeds, which is the most important. Because if we don't act according to the gospel, then we are not living what we contemplate. The answer would be love and union with Jesus Christ. But this is still too vague. That is to say, to be a Christian is to carry in oneself the life of the Lord through faith, hope, and love. It is to think, to want, and to love as Christ does. Christ is the ideal of the Christian. The life of Christ, the divine exemplar, accessible to the Christian life because he is accessible to us, has become visible to our eyes through his states and mysteries, through his virtues and acts of his sacred humanity. And that is why everything that Christ lived makes it possible for us to live it in him and for him to live it in us. The reason is because the Son of God, by his incarnation, has united himself in a certain way with every human being, human being as a pastoral constitution, Gaudium et Spes, number 22. We are called to be, but what with him? But this implies walking through the narrow gate. To walk with Christ implies walking through the narrow gate. We have heard in the gospel that our Lord went about teaching in the cities and towns. This journey that he makes is magisterial because he's always teaching, 
we see that our Lord's journey are not marked by breaks, but by the catechesis he makes through the villages and small settlements he encounters along his way. And this episode of the gospel takes place in one of those villages. Then we heard that as Jesus went through the cities and villages preaching his doctrine, a question was put to him concerning the number of those who are saved. Because there is a number. And notice that it was not usual for our Lord to answer in such a way as to adapt himself totally and directly to the terms of the question. But instead, he will answer in such a way as it was best suited to the spiritual advantage of those who heard him. He didn't say that how many, how many are those who are going to be saved. He didn't say that. But he gave an answer different, an indirect answer. And so he does it now saying to them, strive to enter by the narrow gate. Strive to enter by the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, shall seek to enter and shall not be able to enter. Jesus leaves the theory for the practice then. And without revealing the number of the elect which it, which it pleased God to conceal the secrets of his wisdom, he indicates instead what must be done to attain salvation. He says, strive to enter by the narrow gate. And the question, Lord, are they few that are saved? This question revolves around the fundamental problems of our existence. And this question cannot leave us indifferent. It is true, as we have already seen, that our Lord does not answer directly, but he does exhort to seriousness of purpose and decision when he says, strive to enter by the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, shall seek to enter and shall not be able. And in this regard, St. John Paul II says that the serious problem acquires on the lips of Jesus a personal, moral, and ascetic perspective. Jesus vigorously affirms that attaining salvation requires suffering and a struggle. Our Lord never say that we are going to have a good life. He never deceived us like that. He says the consequence of following him is clear. To enter through the narrow door, it is necessary, as the Greek text literally says, to agonize, i.e. to struggle vigorously with all one's strength, without pause and with firmness of orientation towards our last end. So the narrow gate is above all the humble acceptance, says St. John Paul II, in pure faith and serene trust of the word of God, of his perspectives about our person, the world, and its history. It is the observance of the moral law as a manifestation, 
as a manifestation of God's will in view of a higher good which realizes our true happiness. It is the acceptance of suffering as means of atonement and redemption for oneself, for myself, and for others. That's the narrow gate. As the supreme expression of love, imitation of Christ. The narrow gate is, in one word, the acceptance of the evangelical mentality, which finds in the Sermon of the Mount its purest expression. And to conclude, in the end, we must walk the path traced out by Jesus and pass through the door that he himself is. He is the door at the end. He is the gate. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he will be saved. To be saved, we must, like him, take up our cross, deny ourselves in our aspirations, contrary to the gospel ideal, and follow him on his way. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Let us never then lose, lose sight of this path, which is essential. It's not accidental. It's essential for us. Let us ask our Lord to incline our hearts according to his will, to speed our steps along his path, which is the narrow gate, May the word of Christ ever fill your hearts in order to share this with another, to share this wisdom, the wisdom of the cross you have received through faith. May God give you strength to give it to others by your actions. And we ask this grace through the intercession of our Blessed Mother.